2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer alongside J.J. Cooper with our first postseason podcast of 2021. The Red Sox last night beat the Yankees 6-2 to in the American League wildcard game that frankly wasn't the most dramatic game in the world. The Red Sox jumped out to an early lead, kept tacking on. The Yankees had one moment where they had a chance to kind of get back in the game. But other than that, it really was all Red Sox. J.J., just what did you take away from this postseason opener?
0: they're not all going to be games for the ages. And that was, again, it was a fine game, but it wasn't one. It really did feel like from early on, the Red Sox jumped out. And then it was just a question of, will the Yankees be able to battle back? And what we found out is, is no, the Red Sox kept tacking on. So uh, if, if, if the, uh, there was not a rule provision that was going to allow Giancarlo Stanton to bat every inning for the Yankees, it seemed like the Yankees' offense was going to be in trouble. Um, thankfully for the Red Sox, Giancarlo Stanton didn't get to bat every inning because, man, he was good. But the other thing about it is, is and I think this is probably our perfect way to jump into this, if, credit to Nate Ivaldi, because if you said Ivaldi versus Garrett Cole as your matchup in a do-or-die game, the logic would say, okay, that seems like advantage Garrett Cole, advantage Yankees. And clearly that was not the case, Cal.
2: Not at all. I do think we have to note, Uvalde was very, very good this year. Didn't have a great defense behind him, so his ERA is a little higher than maybe his actual performance dictated. But he was averaging more in a strikeout knitting this year, walked less than two per nine, made his first All-Star game. And this was Nate Uvalde at his best. I mean, it was kind of ridiculous what he was doing last night. Sat 98, you know, everything was getting swings and misses. It just really is a filthy, filthy outing all the way around. Curveball, spitter, slider, cutter, all of it. And oh, by the way, through 54, 71 pitches for strikes, nasty stuff, filled up the strikes on it. And the Yankees were up there swinging. They definitely helped him out a little bit, but he saw what they were doing. He went right after him. And that's what you want from your number one starter in a postseason performance. Uh, it was definitely aggressive that Alex Cora pulled him. I was surprised just how early he pulled him, but uh, the Red Sox bullpen, came in and and held it down, I think you actually have to give them credit to a lot of the focus is on Uvalde and it should be, but Ryan Brazier again, got a little bit of help from a bad decision by the Yankees, but Tanner Houck went in, Hounsel Robles went in, made quick work of the Yankees. Garrett Whitlock gave up that home run in the ninth, but uh, beyond that, I mean, it was just a, a dominant performance on the whole Red Sox pitchers. The final stat line is, nine innings, six hits, two runs, no walks, which is a biggie, and 11 punch outs. It's a dominant performance all the way around from the Red Sox pitching staff, and Nate is the forefront of it. That that was nasty Nate at his best.
0: I remember seeing Uvalde in the, in the Southern League in 2011, came to Zebulon, and I saw him there, and he's one of those guys who's been useful for me. I always use Max Scherzer as kind of a touchstone of don't say that a guy with a funky, effortful delivery uh, has to be a reliever. And Scherzer's obviously to me one of the crowning, uh, you know, he's on the Mount Rushmore of, no, that guy can still start if they're strong enough and they can repeat. But Eovaldi's another guy I remember seeing coming up through the minors and thinking, is that delivery going to work? And it has. It, it, he's been a starter for a very long time. And not only that, but when you look at Obviously, we can all remember what he did in 2018. I think he paid the price for that. I mean, if you look at that 2019 season, I give a complete mulligan to say, okay, he left some of his health in winning that World Series. And 2019 and 2020, he, he had to get healthy. He's back healthy again this year. And what you're right, what you saw here, you, you made the point about Ivaldi probably being better than what his uh, – You know, then what his ERA is, his FIP was 2.79, fielding independent pitching. That's not a perfect stat, but it's a useful one. And that's among the best in the league. He was that good. He was a legitimate front of the rotation starter this year. And he's going to be one of the guys that the Red Sox have to rely on. The other thing that you made the point, I think is going to be fascinating to watch in this next series, is the Red Sox bullpen. It felt like it kind of fell apart for a while there. Part of that was injuries. Part of that was during the COVID time where they had some COVID, you know, guys out for that. But maybe, just maybe, they've gotten healthy at just the right time here. Um, Whitlock is back. I know he'd give up uh, that, that one home run, but that, that was kind of also, I felt like a, a I felt like the, ball, the next ball he gave up, which was the long fly out, was probably actually sol- more solid contact. But with Whitlock back, with they figured out, it seems like they've kind of pieced together a bullpen that is back to being respectable. Um, I still don't look at when they go against the Rays as saying that they have, I, I struggle to know where they have a whole lot of advantages against the Rays. But that said, this is a team, credit to them, in a game where it's a Red Sox, Yankees, do or die. Those are games that, the two of the largest fan bases in baseball will remember for years as we apparently, I watched the Statcast broadcast last night. Apparently I, I, everyone on my Twitter seemed to make it indicate that the main ESPN broadcast could basically be described as, Hey, do you remember in 1978, there was a game and Bucky Dent, Bucky Dent, Bucky Dent. We're not going to talk about this game that way, but it is something where it carries a little more weight. I feel like in a Red Sox-Yankees do-or-die wildcard game than it does kind of your standard wild card game, Kyle.
2: Yeah, anytime these two teams meet, there's a lot of emotion, a lot of history. Uh, going back to the bullpen, one guy in particular, Hansel Robles, finished the year with 15 consecutive scoreless outings. And that's, you know, what you're talking about here. A lot of these guys in the bullpen, if you just look at the overall season numbers, you might go, eh, and for good reason. A lot of these guys did struggle. There were injuries. There were certainly issues in times that felt like this bullpen was falling apart. But... They kind of did a lot better here at the end of the year. Same with Ryan Brazier. Um, th- there's definitely guys that are trending in the direction you want them to trend going into the postseason. JJ, on the other side, we saw Garrett Cole get six outs before being lifted. I want to start first and foremost. You do have to give the Red Sox offense credit here. They ran up Cole's pitch count. He very, very clearly did not have his command, but they also didn't bail him out by chasing bad pitches. When they got mistakes, they didn't miss them. I thought the Red Sox offense just had a really good game plan, really good approach and really good performance. They just straight outplayed the Yankees last night.
0: We mentioned they pitched better than them. The offense just played better than them too. I I agree. Uh, The, the thing I would say is, is the bad news for Garrett Cole is this will be magnified. I, I, It is impossible to say Garrett Cole bad postseason pitcher because we have enough of a stretch to say, no, 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 Garrett Cole, I, I just looked it up. And Garrett Cole, in, before last night, Garrett Cole, 8-4, 2.68, and 84 postseason innings. That's That's front of the rotation ace-level performance in the biggest on the biggest stage. So, yes, the fact that Garrett Cole had a bad game in the wild-card game for the Yankees is going to be probably overly magnified, especially when you, again, when you look at the totality of his 2021 season, Garrett Cole's season this year was everything that you want to see out of Garrett Cole. I don't know how you can look at that season and say, oh, well, that's just Garrett Cole's just... He's just not the guy that the Yankees need. No, he was, he was great this year, but it, it'll be magnified. And again, he's—I think—I think he got worn out a little bit. It did not, as you said, he was not at his best. It's—it is October, coming off of a shortened season. Maybe that's part of it. I—I don't know, but he just—he did not have his best game. He had a poor game in a game that will be remembered much longer than the average start. Yeah, I mean, there's no
2: greater narrative to fit here. Garrett Cole, even just for the Yankees, let's not forget, last postseason was pretty darn good in the wildcard series against Cleveland. Gave him seven innings, two runs, 13 punchouts. The ALDS against the Rays gave him a quality start his first outing, second outing, five and a third, one hit, one run, nine punchouts. It's a really good pitcher, really good postseason pitcher. For Garrett Cole, what this is, is He has not really been himself since that start against the Blue Jays in September when he left with a hamstring injury. So since that start, his final five starts of the regular season, and I tweeted this out last night, he had a 6.15 ERA. Opponents hit 311 with a 930 OPS against him, his final five starts. Since leaving that start with a hamstring injury, he has not been his usual ace self. And we saw it last night. Um, This was not the Garrett Cole that we know he can be at his best. It happens, you know, injuries happen, guys aren't 100% sometimes at the wrong time. And this was a case where where that kind of happened. I will say, you know, when he left, and I do think you give Aaron Boone credit here for going out and getting him right away rather than hoping it would sort itself out when it very clearly just wasn't happening. You know, the Yankees' bullpen didn't really hold it either. I mean, Luis Severino came in, gave up a hit on a walk. Jonathan Loisega, who's been so good all year, walked three guys. This was not just, oh, Garrett Cole choked. And don't get me wrong, he didn't pitch well. But again, he just had a bad game. It happens. The Yankees as a whole, again, their offense wasn't doing much against Uvalde. The bullpen was not great at either. You know, even it just was not a great performance. You know, I mentioned the Red Sox final line. The Yankees' final line, eight innings, seven hits, six runs, seven walks. Cole only walked two of those guys. The bullpen walked five guys. And really, with their final three relievers walked all five of them. Clay Holmes was the only reliever they put in there who didn't walk a batter. Yeah, again, the Yankees, they just didn't play well all the way around. Offensively, pitching-wise, top to bottom, the Red Sox played better baseball. I mean, it's really that simple. And give the Red Sox credit. They went out. They won that game pretty decisively.
0: Okay, so that kind of leads us to, like, the bigger picture question, which is I saw after the game, uh, I think Aaron Boone was the one who was saying other teams have closed the gap on us, which I'm not trying to be glib about it, but they have been, over the last, since 2010, they have been the most, the winningest team of the three teams battling for supremacy in the AL East. I I ran the numbers this morning. Since then, the Yankees are have won 1,046 games, lost 796. That's a 568 winning percentage. In comparison, the Rays have a 543 winning percentage, and the Red Sox have a 536 winning percentage. The Yankees have not really what can be summed up as the Yankees at their worst have been better than the Red Sox or the Rays. That said, when they say gap, the Red Sox, the Rays, are the teams who have had more postseason success? Obviously, the Red Sox have won two World Series over that time. The Rays are the defending AL champs, and we are now in the the gap since the last time the Yankees went to the World Series. They've had 12 seasons without going, which for almost anyone else would be no would be no big deal. For the Yankees, is one of the longest gaps in Yankees history. Do you feel like this is a team? I I feel like that a wild card appearance and an exit here is not, With the, if the Dodgers get knocked out today, we can say, oh, that is a team that was way better than a one and out uh, situation. I don't feel like that's the case with the Yankees. Where do you see kind of where this Yankees team was this year?
2: Yeah, look, this was a, a team that had to, Get into the postseason on the final day of the season. This was not a juggernaut. This was not a great team. They had a lot of points this season where they just played ugly baseball. They were running into outs on the bases left and right. Their defense was horrendous with a lot of guys playing positions they should have been asked to play. There were times their offense really was a one man show with Aaron Judge. A lot of guys took steps back. And, you know, even the guys they went and got at the trade deadline, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Joey Gallo was not good. He hit a Box 60 after the Yankees acquired him. He was a well below average offensive player, which to be honest, he's done pretty often in his career. Uh, this is a guy whose reputation exceeds his production. You know, Anthony Rizzo was fine, got off to a slow start, but again, it was more fine. It wasn't great. It wasn't game changing. Um, yeah, they're going to have to make some changes. There's no question about it. They're really going to have to improve the defense and they're going to have to play better baseball um, just in terms of how many outs they ran into on the bases this year. And last night, that was different because again, Phil Nevin, he just made a mistake. Um, It happens. I guarantee you no one feels worse about it than Phil Nevin does. Um, That was different than earlier in the year when you had situations where, hey, No outs or one outs, runner on second, ground ball to the shortstop, and the guy on second breaks for third. It's like, what are you doing? Basic fundamental stuff. The Yankees have to clean that up if they want to be a winning team, not just in the regular season, but in the postseason, and be a division champion as opposed to in the wild card game. You mentioned their recent struggles. Three of their last four postseason exits have come against teams in their own division. Red Sox this year, Rays last year. 2019 was the Astros and 2018 was the Red Sox. They've got to get better. They've got to get more dynamic in the lineup. They've got to cut down on the strikeouts. They've got to do a lot of things to just kind of play better fundamental baseball. And look, they have the resources to do it. Brian Cashman and co. have shown they're very, very astute talent evaluators. But they've got to figure some things out here. And I think a big part of it is telling Gleyber Torres, you are a second baseman. You are never playing shortstop ever again and going and getting a real shortstop. That's step one.
0: I agree. That's step one. And that's one thing I would say is I'm not a hundred. Like when you say the roster construction of this team, I don't think they build it very well. This is a team that they made some assumptions that quite simply, again, Gleyber Torres shortstop is one assumption that clearly was mistaken, Um, but that's not the only one of this team. I I do think uh, to kind of shift it to kind of looking at the Red Sox, this is now to me, a Red Sox season that, goes down as a W for them. If they get swept by the A's, it's still a W. They came back, they bounced back, and they're relatively well-constructed now to uh, effectively be a team that's in a very competitive division, still has a chance to be uh, a team that, that will be contend in upcoming years. Now, I say that. This is a division that's going to be brutal going forward. You look at the the Blue Jays. I feel like that the Blue Jays had a season. It's a, it's can be counted as a loss. They didn't make the postseason, but it's a win because they're a team that took that next step. And by the way, I think the Blue Jays are only going to get better over the next couple of years, not worse. As you look at that young core that they have, I look at the Rays and say there's no reason to think that the Rays are going anywhere anytime soon because they have not just a young core, but they have amazing regeneration capabilities where whatever they lose it's like oh we can find two more of that whatever it is our best pitcher Tyler Glastow, goes down hey did we get another pitcher in that pirates trade oh yeah Shane Boss come on down shane come on and join us you know and game by two the way starter game, Shane Boss game two, game two starter. starter shane boss yeah. 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 has has ever a trade done more i when we look at the great trades of the 21st century where would the Rays be if they did not acquire Glasno, Meadows, Boz in one trade for Chris Archer? That is, there are all-time fleeces and that one goes down as one of those. But, but you look at it, and again, the Orioles at some point, I hope for Orioles fans' sake, that this is not going to be another three, four years of 100 plus losses. They have, like improving, they have an improving farm system. They have some stars down there, potential stars like Adley Rushman. So even them, they should not be the team that's going to win, in, you know that's aiming for 60 wins at the end of the season. They should be aiming for 70 and 80 down the road, which again makes this division more difficult. It's, I, I, I look at it again I, to circle back to the Red Sox. I do look at this as a W already. And now they're playing with house money when they face the Reds.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The Red Sox are back in the postseason faster than I think anyone anticipated after the Mookie Betts trade. We do have to give Alex Corr a lot of credit. Again, a lot of people seem to discount the importance of a good manager when in reality it makes all the difference in the world. Look, the Red Sox had a COVID outbreak this season. They had plenty of times where their bullpen looked like it was falling apart. And they had plenty of times where you looked at that starting rotation and said, I don't know how this is going to hold up over 162 games. Uh, They figured it out. Um, they did not play great defense for a lot of this year. I mean, there are a lot of times this season could have gone sideways, and, you know, the steadying hand of Alex Cora, um, a veteran group of guys who have been part of winning teams, they, they held it together. There's a lot of teams out there who you could say are more talented on paper that didn't hold it together. So I think you give them credit in, in a lot of ways. And yeah, this is house money. I wouldn't pick them to beat the Rays, but the, give the Red Sox credit again, the fact they got into the postseason faster than anyone anticipated. They went out, and they just beat the Yankees. I mean, just straight up, we talked about it, offense, pitching, and and defensively, you know, we mentioned Phil Nevin sending the runner there. And, again, it was clearly a mistake, but the Red Sox still had to execute it. Xander Bogart's perfect relay. Kevin
0: Ploiecki right there, you know, with the tag. I mean, they, they executed everything they had. Kike Hernandez. I mean, Kike Hernandez coming over like he did, yep. and as quickly as he did also, I think, was key on that play.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, his throw wasn't great either, but it was online. Bogart's really it was a great relay on his part. Yeah. Again, just the Red Sox did everything well. And, and again, this is a really good franchise that has four world series since the year 2000 hit. This is a franchise that more often than not finds itself in the playoffs. I mean, they haven't had a gap where they've got more than three years without making the playoffs dating back to the early nineties now. I mean, whenever they're down, they're not down for long. So yeah, give them credit. They're going to hit, ha- they're going to be here. They're going to hang around high on bloom and co have proven the ability to build contending teams. And now we'll see what they can do in the ALDS. Again, I think ask them to beat the Rays knowing you going to be down. Um, you certainly wouldn't pick it to happen, but you know what, this is a good team and we know anything can happen in a short series, but you're right. The fact that they're just here right now, this is a w of the season in a in a big big
0: way. Okay, so before we jump into I talked to some fans, before we do that though, so we have a game again today. What are your thoughts today on uh, on the NL wild Yeah,
2: so I'll be out there covering it for us here at BA Dodgers Cardinals. It's going to be a lot of fun. Max Scherzer versus Adam Wainwright. You know, the Dodgers are the team that a lot of people still think is going to win the World Series, of Nationals, go from a wild card game to World Series champions, obviously not as an underdog, but as the favorite. I think you feel really, really, really good about Max Scherzer starting on the mound for you in a winner-take-all game. But at the same time, the Cardinals feel really, really good about Adam Wainwright starting for them on the mound in a winner-take-all game. I do think this is another data point, especially for pitchers, that old does not mean bad. Max is 37 years old and might win the Endel Sion Award. Adam Wainwright is in his age 39 season. He turned 40 at the end of August and just went 17-7 and seven with a 305 ERA and pitched 200 innings in a season. Uh, I, I've talked about it. Other people have talked about it. the Giants had the oldest position player group in baseball, and it was one of the best offenses in baseball, and the Nationals in 2019 as the oldest team in Major League Baseball won the World Series. Old does not mean bad. Old does not mean ineffective. Old does not necessarily equate to a talent level. You have to watch what these guys are doing. And uh, the old guys keep ruling in Major League Baseball. But it'll be fun to watch what happens tonight. Again, I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series. They're home. I expect this place to be rocking. The Cardinals have been their postseason nemesis, though. Whenever these two teams get together, the Cardinals seem to take the cake. So we'll see what happens. Uh, If the Cardinals win, given how well they're playing – I don't know if you can call it a monumental upset. I'm just looking forward to a great game. I'm looking forward to covering it and writing about it for us here at BA. What about you?
0: Uh, The summary that, again, there's no such thing as a monumental upset in a one game winner takes all. And this is baseball. This is not football where you say, okay, that's a shocking upset. If you said that this was the Dodgers versus the Diamondbacks in a one game winner takes all, and by the way, that the Diamondbacks can line up everything exactly as they want to, they have a 30% chance of winning that game. Still an opportunity. So to have the Cardinals win this game, well, that would, with Adam Wainwright on that, it would be a surprise because the Dodgers are quite simply a better team. There's no question they're a better team. But at the same time, it doesn't mean in any way, shape, or form, that it's an utter upset, and oh, that means that the Dodgers season is a disaster or anything like that. It's one game winner takes all coming after uh, the, the Giants had a season that basically ensured that the Dodgers ended up in a one game winner takes all. If <laughs> you look at the odds, it is amazing that the Dodgers are still the favorite to win the World Series as far as, you know, among uh, among gambling, you know, odds, even though. The Dodgers also could be done tonight. Not okay. They have to, you know, win their division series, but could be done in the wild card round. But it will be fascinating. Obviously, we'll both. You'll be there. I'll be watching. It'll be fun.
2: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And I keep it here at Baseball America for all the latest coverage. We're gonna move in now. JJ had an interview with a Red Sox fan and a Yankees fan about the outcome last night. Keep it here and listen for that.
0: We have a little something different that we're going to try during this postseason podcast. Not going to promise we're going to do this on every one of the postseason podcasts, but we want to bring in a little bit of the voice of the fan of these different teams. And so here we are, Yankees Red Sox. I don't think there's a better scenario for a first one of these than bringing on a Yankees fan and a Red Sox fan to talk about what it felt like last night, what they think about the rivalry. And so that's what we're going to do right now. So we're going to start off with the Yankees. And I want to give Ricky Keeler credit. I asked before the game to both of our guests, hey, will you come on, win or lose? And they both said they would. And Ricky absolutely, even though it was a tough loss for the Yankees last night, there he was this morning, ready to Zoom, just as he promised. So we're going to dive in first off with Ricky Keeler, and then we're going to go to a Red Sox fan, Sam Werman. So... Here's our conversation with Ricky. So really happy to be joined today by Ricky Keeler. Ricky is representing Yankees fans today uh, on this podcast. So Ricky, kind of explain your Yankees background and, uh, you know, kind of how you became uh, a Yankees fan. Happy to be here, JJ. Um, I live in Staten Island, in New York. So naturally,
3: I've been a Yankee fan probably since about, I'm born in the early 90s. So I'd say about the late like the two thousand late 90s, early 2000s, I got into the game. Uh, mainly I've been following the system for a long time as a co-managing editor with my partner Matt Cardos over at Penn Strait Prospects uh, we cover the Yankee system inside and out so it's kind of been weird looking at this team over the last few years because there are a good amount of homegrown talent there are a decent amount of free agent talent of course with Cole and Stan which I'm sure we'll get into uh, but it's one of those days t- today where you're looking at it and I'm not so sure where the Yankees go from here I think they're further away than people think
0: well the first one i wanted to ask you with that is is how are you doing like i mean was that was last night crushing, disappointing or oh i kind of thought that this may happen you know i was actually a little confident
3: going into the game maybe that was my mistake i wasn't overconfident but you think hey garrett cole's on the mound you just won this pitching matchup two weeks ago the yankees had beaten boston nine of the last 12 times even though the game was in Fenway Park the Yankees did just sweep Boston in Fenway Park so it was like you've got the situation you want if you could just get it to the bullpen they had a great chance albeit I don't think anybody thought the Yankees were to go to their bullpen in the 3rd inning and that everybody but Rizzo, Judge and Stanton would go 1 for 20 I maybe I should have been more cognizant of the Red Sox because when you think about it this Alex Cora Red Sox team, whenever Boston's managed by Cora, they just seem to have the Yankees' number in
0: these kind of big game situations. Along those lines, where was the point last night that you thought, okay, you know, this just this has gotten away from from the Yankees?
3: I think it was when Verdugo got the double in the sixth inning to make it four to one, where you had in the top of the six, where the of course everyone's going to talk about Phil Nevin's decision to send Aaron Judge. I'm actually in the minority, JJ, On I think that Nevin made the right call. If anything, it, I think it was more the late send than the actual send itself, because at that point, I, I want to push the issue. I've got the momentum. I'm trying to get that run. Stanton's not at second if Judge doesn't try to score, and this team struggles to hit in terms of hitting a double plays, struggles to hit with men's scoring position, and Joey Gallo doesn't exactly bring much confidence at the plate, so I kind of like the aggressive play there. Uh, but when Verdugo got the double to make it 4-1, and the Red Sox had the – controversial send that actually worked for them. It just seemed like everything that Cora touched turned to gold, kind of like what happened in the 2018 ALDS and everything Aaron Boone touched turned to Cole. So I think at that point when it's four to one, this Yankee team has had a tough time coming from three, four runs down this year, a couple of times, a four, one can feel like eight, one. I know you could say, yeah, Cole struggling, maybe made it feel out of reach, but it's still three, nothing at the time and three, one, they're still in the game. And cora got a piece together 11 outs, but when it got to 4-1, and even once Green gives it up to Verdugo, you knew season's over.
0: Especially 3-1 when you knew that Stanton had multiple at-bats left, and he was basically hitting balls that were not ideally shaped for, uh, for Fenway Park sometimes, but was crushing the ball pretty much every time he stepped to the plate. So, yeah, I mean, if you're within a base runner and Stanton at the plate of tying it, I, I don't think you're out of it by any stretch. I agree. I mean, it was, and we saw that obviously late in the game from him, but uh, along those lines, I, this is one of the things I'm excited about doing this kind of through the post-season is all of us, <laughs> you, you may can know a team, but you can't know the entirety of the league at the level that you are. If you're a fan of a team and you follow them daily, like I feel like I know the Yankees. I don't know the Yankees as well as you. I should, because you're following them much more closely, especially the big league team than I am. So as, a, as someone who follows the Yankees, what's something that if, you're, if there's people listening to this podcast who aren't Yankees fans, what is something they may not know or may not realize about this team as you kind of look at the totality of the 2021 Yankees?
3: When I look at the, the big picture of this Yankee team, I think people look at the Yankees and they see stars, right? They see Judge Stanton, Rizzo, who was a great acquisition at the deadline by Cashman, but I think it's more about the role players and the guys Cashman brings in that tends to embody the structure of this team. I mean, look at the basically the bullpen makeover they did in September to bring in Clay Holmes, who's not a, a sexy name by any means, but he got the job done. Uh, Wandy Peralta. Uh, in past years, they bring in guys like Gior Shella and Luke Voigt. And maybe Cashman doesn't exactly get the huge moves right, but I like the, the complimentary pieces at the time. You're like, wait. He's bringing in that guy, and it just seems to work. I mean, case in point, I mean, look at last night, JJ. You've got Andrew Velasquez starting at shortstop in the wild card game. And, I mean, I liked Velasquez's AAA minor league signing at the time because he had AL least experience, kind of knew the league in a way. And I know people view it as this upstart story. It's like, wait, he's played in this division before. So it's kind of when Cashman does a move and you're like, okay, what is this guy doing here? Usually it works out more than it doesn't. Now the key is how to embody it and take it from an organizational level. But for right now, I think people look at the big signs Yankees make. I think in the future, as long as Cashman's there, take a closer look at the smaller signings he makes and the smaller trades he makes, because they tend to usually work out
0: more than they don't. Well, as you mentioned, so you're really a Yankees fan of the 21st century more than you are of the 20th. I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to have uh, been uh, at the world series game where Layritz, uh, homered off of Wohlers and basically turned that series around back, uh, back many a year ago now, but kind of with that, I was kind of want to ask like, what's your feeling? You know, I grew up around Yankees fans and Red Sox fans and the power imbalance in that relationship was massive. It was something where every, if the, if the Yankees and Red Sox were going to face off in a winner takes all game, Red Sox fans were utterly convinced they were doomed and Yankees fans were utterly convinced that somehow, some way the Yankees were going to prevail because that's what always happened. Well, when you look at it now, when you look at where this, you know, it, I tweeted out last night, this is the longest world series drought for the Yankees since the eighties to early nineties. And it's the second longest. I mean, you, The only other one longer, you have to go back to 1903 or until Babe Ruth arrived, basically. So from any other fan base, that would be boo-hoo. Oh, you poor Yankees fans. It's been 12 years of no World Series. You know, the Seattle Banners raise their hand and say, come on, that's not even, you know, we won 116 games and we didn't go to the World Series. But if you look at where this Yankees team is right now, Kind of this, you know, kind of our, our summation question here. And you look at where the Red Sox are and you look at where the Rays are and you look at where the Blue Jays are. You mentioned kind of at the start, you thought that they may be a little further away. I also kind of look at this and say, we know that they're going to be able to spend money. We know that they're going to have the resources. They have a good farm system still, even after the trades from this year. But all that said, this is a really tough division. And I'm not convinced if we just said right now, obviously, we don't know the offseason moves, but if I look at 2022, I don't think that this team is the the favorite to win the AL East. Kind of how do you perceive it? No, we. I think we also don't know the structure of the league as a whole. I mean,
3: will the Yankees true, have fair. the ability to spend as much money as we think they're going to spend? And I, I looked at last night, and I'm, and I look at even this year. I mean, this is a Yankee team that yes, it wins in the regular season. It does a great job. And, and look, Yankee Twitter is. You go down the rabbit hole of Yankee Twitter in some of these games, it really gets you, like, disinterested in watching because you're like, why am I watching all the negativity sometimes on it? Because Aaron Boone's done a, a, a nice job. I, I think For considering the pressure he's had in four years, I think he's done enough. I think you look at this Yankee team, though, and the question I have, J.J., is are they going to change their organizational philosophy? Because most of these guys are coming back. I mean, they're not going to sell guys for pennies on the dollar. They're not going to trade Gal after a really bad second half. Uh, can Gleyber Torres find it now that he's likely going to be a second baseman, not a shortstop? Do they spend it shortstop knowing that Volpe and Peraza are in the pipeline? Do they really want to block those guys? What's their pitching going to look like? Which actually was a, a good point for them. I think the World Series drought is from the standpoint of this. Yankee fans are jealous of the Dodgers in my mind. Because the Dodgers at least get to the World Series. They may not win it. But if, if there was at least progression to be like, yeah, you're getting to the World Series then I think you're okay with it. This team's regressed from ALCS to ALDS to wildcard. They can't beat the Astros. They can't beat the Rays. The Rays are in their heads. And they can't beat Alex Cora and the Red Sox in a big spot. And Aaron Boone said after the game last night, teams have kind of closed the gap. Seattle, Toronto, the White Sox, Oakland. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's a surprise contender next year that maybe gets in the mix. So to me, it's not about the manager. If they change the manager... Is it an experienced guy or is it just somebody that fi- feeds into this philosophy of home runs or bust? Because I can't believe this Yankee team is going to keep bringing the same group back and expect something to change. So to me, I'm not interested in what the manager is. I'm interested in what this analytical department in this front office actually does.
0: Uh, well, Ricky, appreciate the time. Uh, you know, Enjoy the off season as the uh, Yankees uh, dive into what should be, again, it's going to be a fascinating one. For one, as you said, we don't even know the rules of the CBA yet. Hopefully, there will be a new CBA before long. But we don't know the rules of that to even know, you know when we were announcing draft orders. Like, hey, here's the, what the draft order is going to be. Big asterisk if the rules are what they are now. You make a great point. Oh, the Yankees will be able to spend. Big asterisk if the rules are what they are now. We don't know yet. So that's a great point to make. Thank you for the time. Really do appreciate it. Thanks, JJ. Pleasure to be on. Happy to be happy to do it. Hey, everyone. So we, we talked Yankees. Now we're going to talk Red Sox and a happier portion of the uh, of the wild AL wild card wrap up podcast, probably. So very glad to be joined by Sam Werman today. Sam is a diehard Red Sox fan. As We just had diehard Yankees fan. Sam, I'll let you kind of explain as I look. We're on a Zoom. This is obviously a podcast. You're not seeing it, but I see a Celtics uh, in the background. Explain your, I would assume, Boston fandom also. Uh, yeah,
4: thank you, JJ. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Boston uh, sports fan. Grew up uh, in the suburbs in Stoughton, Massachusetts. And uh, the day I was born, my dad took one of those little ice cream Red Sox caps and put it right on my head. We got a picture of that. Um, so yeah, I, I would like to say I was born into Red Sox nation, um, as, as mostly all other, uh, as we like to call them, asshole's. <laughs> But yeah, I, I grew up a huge Red Sox fan. I was lucky enough to actually work in the, in the baseball industry, not with the Red, Red Sox, but um, I still follow the team closely. I, I actually live in Boston right now. So um, so yeah, that was a, a little background about me and, and, and
0: my, uh, my fandom. I don't want to, you don't need to give your age, but so when does your Red Sox memories begin? Like, Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm 25 right now. Um,
4: I, I got the good part of the Red sox yeah. Yankees rivalry. Really growing up with the, the VTech A-Rod. I mean, the Boone homer, still hate them to this day. Um, that, that was tough. Uh, but um, but yeah, I, I grew up right when that rivalry was, was really was getting going, for, for my generation, at least.
0: So, okay, so how are you feeling after last night? What, what does it feel like to, to have another, to not just advance, but advance having beaten the Yankees?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's nothing better in baseball than the, the Yankees Red Sox matchups. And, and just to have that on top of a one game wild card game, like what, what could be better? Uh, I think the, the Red Sox can compete with anybody. It really just depends on how far their pitching will take them. Um, I think that was really the question all year. The bats have been there the last couple of years. It's just really the pitching. I mean, you saw it yesterday Nate Evaldi can can step up, and, and if he can continue to do that, you got sale. We just need a couple of those pitchers in the, in the back end of the rotation to step up and then who knows really what can happen. So I'm excited for the, for the Tampa series. I think it's going to be a good one. I, if, uh, if you're a betting man or woman, I'd put money on the
0: Red Sox to win it. So um, that, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about their chances. So what's the point last night where you started to feel comfortable?
4: So I actually went it very comfortable. I, I never really thought Cole was a, a big game pitcher. Um, I know he, he struggled with, with the Red Sox. And uh, after first pitch, I, I saw Valdi was locked in. And just going back to that 2018 World Series game versus the Dodgers, when he's locked in, he's one of the best pitchers, pitchers out there. So um, I wasn't like, oh, they're going to win it after, after that first pitch. But when Bogey hit that home run, when Ivaldi continued to shove inning after inning, and then Schwarber hit that bomb off Cole, I knew it was going to be a long night for the Yankees pitching staff, their bullpen. And um, I thought as long as our our pitching staff, the Red Sox pitching staff um, could kind of hold the lead, the bullpen could hold it up. Um, the Sox could could take that and, and
0: kind of run away with it, which, which they did. So as a fan of the Red Sox, it's one of the things I'm really enjoying about doing this series is, is, Tell us something that for those of us who, again, we know we we, we've watched games. It's not like we haven't seen the Red Sox play this year, but we're not watching 150 plus for those of us, for those fans out there, for other teams, what is something they may not realize about this this 2021 Red Sox team?
4: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I think with this 2021 Red Sox team, But especially with any Cora, Alex Cora managed team, um, they always have a chance to come back. I don't think they're ever out of the fight. Um, I remember at the beginning of this year, this Red Sox team came back uh, to win a bunch of games. So I think uh, this team has some real dog in them. And it was just a matter of time to kind of spark that fire. And I think last night might have gave them the momentum to do that. I think they had a a tough end to the season. Some of their big stars weren't really producing like they should have. But uh I mean Bogey, if he if he can keep that what he got started yesterday, um, I think this ta- this team has has some dog in them and, and could could actually make a, a pretty far run. Um, really just depending on their pitching, though. That that's the
0: that's the bottom line. Well, you mentioned, like I said, you're a younger Red Sox fan. You've you're a 21st century Red Sox fan. Yeah. So <laughs> I, you've got you've got family members who I'm guessing have have experienced the other side of the Red Sox Yankees. What does it feel like now as a Red Sox fan? Does it feel like this is flipped for you? Like, does it still, is there a, a dread of a Yankees Red Sox winner take all game or is it now? Oh, I'd much rather face the Yankees in that game than say the Rays or, or someone else. Personally, just
4: because I grew up in that, in that, like, I guess that early stage of the 21st rivalry, I, I, I don't think they're, they're, the rivalry kind of died a little bit. I think yesterday might've, might've sparked back up, but it, when, when the Red Sox continue to win world series at the world series and, and the Yankees don't even compete with one for one, um, that, that rivalry loses a little bit of spark, I'd say. So, um, I think, I think the, the rivalry has definitely split because the Red Sox continue to compete for championships as, as the Yankees don't. Um, and until that really changes, I, like I said, I, I think the Red Sox are really um, kind of the, the
0: leaders in that rivalry. If, if there is one right now, um, I'd say uh, once, the, go ahead. I was going to say, okay, but now you're getting ready to face the Rays. What about in that rivalry? Cause that's one where the Rays, you know, <laughs> they're the ones who are the uh, defending AL champs.
4: Yeah, no, I I'd say I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to that game. I think both, both teams uh, just compete and compete. It's, it's just the fan base, I would say. The, the Rays don't have that fan base that, that you can kind of go back and forth with. Um, as, as much as Boston and, and, and New York don't, don't get along, I think we can both agree that we'd rather play each other than, than a, a, a fanless stadium in Tampa. So, um, no, I'm still excited. I, like I said, I think the Red Sox are really going to compete with that team. Um, but yeah,
0: I mean, if I were to choose a rivalry, I'd still go with the Yankees over the Rays. I I, I could imagine why. But well, <laughs> uh, again, appreciate the time, Sam. Uh, you know, good luck obviously in the upcoming ALDS, and hey, have a great re- you know. I, I know that you're going to have a great rest of your week because again, you're you're bouncing off of. I had to kind of you know, say, I hope that you to the Yankees fan that they have a good week. You, I know, I know you're having a good week oh, right yeah. now. But thank for you again sure, for the sure. time.